This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 2020 will go down in the books as a truly bad year. We all know that. We're going to have to do something with respect to uh, getting this, getting rid of this virus as quickly as possible. In a period of four months, it has devastated the world. And it isn't over yet. It's time to do something different. I don't have no more tears, honestly. I've cried enough. I'm not mad at anybody. I just think we need to fix the system. Uh, racism needs to go. We, as black men, we've seen a lot of stuff as far as murders and people being taken from us. Our country continues to face a difficult and challenging time. This is a pandemic of historic proportions. Kobe Bryant was just a, just a joy to be around. I thought he had so much more left to do. We are rounding the turn. We have the vaccines coming. It's time to come together. The heart and soul of this country's at stake. The cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. This election is the most important one you've ever voted in. They cheated and they rigged our presidential election. The people of this nation have spoken. It's been a long, um, it's been a long outbreak, almost 11 months now, and people are tired. There's real hope, tangible hope. So hang on. How do you measure a year, especially one like 2020? Some years, it's moments that matter, the milestones, the achievements, the memories. As we come to the end of this year, we can't help but measure 2020 with metrics of pain, the lives lost, the families ruined, the businesses shuttered, a shaken nation left heartbroken. From ABC News, this is Playback 2020. I'm Aaron Katursky. And I'm Sherry Preston. 2020 started as most years do. Full of promise and hope, a canvas waiting to be painted. America was looking to move past the impeachment of a president and toward a presidential election. Tokyo was completing preparations for the Summer Olympic Games. Families were planning vacations. Couples looked forward to weddings, seniors to graduations. Executives contemplated expansions. None of that would be the reality. Instead, 2020 is the story of a year you'll never want to revisit. It's a story of homeschooling and hunger, isolation and intubation, essential workers and morgue space, and room ratings, sourdough, and unemployment. And maybe we should have known. The earliest days of 2020 portended difficult days ahead. 27 million acres of Australia burned in wildfires. We're talking about some very serious uh, and dangerous conditions. There's never been a fire like this on King Island from the south ever before. It was just ferocious. Three dozen people killed and an estimated three billion animals died or were harmed. Homes were burning everywhere. The bush was burning and that, that's a horrific feeling um, to, to feel so helpless and to see so many firefighters feeling so helpless. All 176 people on board Ukraine International Airlines Flight 752 from Tehran to Kiev were killed when the plane was shot down. Your loss is indescribable. 
This is a heartbreaking tragedy. Tensions with Iran were already high after the U.S. killed top Iranian General Qasem Soleimani in a drone strike in Iraq. A flawless precision strike that killed the number one terrorist anywhere in the world. As commander of the Quds Force, Soleimani spearheaded Iranian military operations in the Middle East. America will always pursue the interests of good people, great people, great souls, while seeking peace, harmony, and friendship with all of the nations of the world. Closer to home, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Some folks were out here mountain biking this morning and saw an aircraft in distress that went down into the hillside. It wasn't exactly like an explosion sound, but it was, it was like a loud boom. The pilot appeared to have become disoriented by weather conditions. Brian's daughter, Gianna, and six others also died in the crash. It's, it's tragic. He's a legend. He's going to live on. These are the moments when you ask why. Brian has been selected for the Basketball Hall of Fame. He was the only NBA player to have his team retire two numbers in his honor. January was also the month the United States confirmed its first cases of novel coronavirus. There isn't a risk level that would suggest people should be doing anything differently than they normally would. In those early days of 2020, there was little, if any, talk of the virus would explode into a global pandemic. It seemed distant, a problem elsewhere, like on cruise ships. The CDC has recommended that guests should remain in their staterooms for the remainder of the cruise. The Diamond Princess was the first cruise ship with a major outbreak. The ship was quarantined for more than a month in Japan. The fact that more and more positive tests keep coming is... Uh, has made us lose a little bit of faith in this quarantine process. Cruise ships were supposed to carry 32 million passengers in 2020 before the industry all but shut down. The focus may have been overseas. The regional level is high, and for China, it's very high. But in all likelihood, COVID-19 had already taken root in the United States. It was just an evolving thing that we finally realized and said, whoa, this is really worse than we could have imagined. And if there's a day that defines the year, it may be March 11th. This is a virus. This will spread. We need to take steps to slow that by ourselves time. That's when the United States restricted travel from Europe. We are at a critical time in the fight against the virus. The White House called off President Trump's travel. States began imposing limits on gatherings. Certain events in King, Snohomish, and Pierce County with more than 250 people are prohibited by order of the governor. We're taking every step that we can to mitigate the virus spread and keep Michiganders safe. Tom Hanks tested positive. The NBA suspended games. The Thunder's head medical doctor, Donnie Strack, came sprinting out onto the court, called all three referees together. Starting tomorrow, NBA play is suspended. There's no action plan here. They didn't develop this. They can't say, well, we did this back in 1987 or what have you. It's all new. New York canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade. This was just the beginning of alterations to American life. We became acutely aware of personal protective equipment, PPE, and the shortages that threatened hospital care. Health experts urged us to save masks for the professionals. Anyone who does not have a respiratory illness, meaning a cough or a sneezing, should not be wearing any type of mask. We need these N95 masks for the healthcare workers that are taking care of these patients. We do not recommend Until they told them us to we should all be wearing them. People got to get used to wearing masks. It is important. If you think you look silly wearing a face covering, just think how silly you'd look 
in a hospital gown. And eventually, maybe even inevitably, the mask itself and whether you wore it became a statement. It's scary to me. And I, if, and I want to say something, and I said something to some of the people, why you don't have a mask on. Are you going to allow the government to tell you you have to wear a mask? No! The stock market plunged. Companies began to lay off workers. We all began life under lockdown. Cleaning teeth helps us find things. Schools closed, bedrooms became classrooms, kids became online learners. It's very hard as their teacher to monitor if they're engaged and actively participating and paying attention to the lesson. Grocery store shelves were picked clean. We struggled to find toilet paper. No toilet paper, no Disinfecting paper towels, wipes, no sugar, even milk. No there was plenty of beer, but a shortage of cans. We clapped because we cared. <laughs> Until the pandemic lasted longer than expected. Unemployment could not be contained. It's estimated one-third of New York City's 240,000 small businesses may not make it. 98% of the businesses in New York employ 100 or less people. They're all small businesses. New York will be a wasteland if we don't figure this out. Where restaurants adapted, streetscapes changed. The air got better. Our wardrobes got more casual. We stopped buying clothes, though we started buying desks. We started cooking at home. Everyone's cooped up inside. People that are used to being artistic out of the house, they found themselves trapped inside the house. And so now they're like, well, what can I do artistically from home? We binged Tiger King and The Last Dance. It became personal with me. Before Hamilton was released on Disney Plus. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Then we started on Ted Lasso, Queen's Gambit, and the new season of The Crown. For a while, though, every time you turned on the television, somebody was talking about coronavirus. The breakout star of that? Dr. Anthony Fauci. You can trust respected medical authorities. You know, I believe I'm one of them. All the while, the country's essential workers kept going. Instead of living at home and commuting to work day to day, we're actually here living in some uh, RV campers out in the parking lot. So isolated on site to be able to uh, Really, I'll say commute about 100 feet to come in the building and do our jobs as uh, power system operators. As hospitals filled, doctors and nurses worked unyieldingly to care for the sick and dying. We're running on empty here. Too many were dying. We're looking back at a year many of us may not want to revisit. This is Playback 2020. I'm Sherry Preston. And I'm Aaron Katursky. The pandemic made us a nation of shut-ins. Something happened, though, in late May that brought millions into the streets of cities across the country. George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, died after being handcuffed and pinned to the ground by a Minneapolis police officer's knee. It was captured on video and touched off nationwide protests. Officer Derek Chauvin was fired and criminally charged. Floyd was eulogized by the Reverend Al Sharpton. All over the world, George, they're marching with your name. You've touched the world. George Floyd's death followed the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and forced the country to confront a question it had worked hard to avoid for generations. Racism has been the ghost in the room in this country for 400 years. And we see it not just in one system, we see it in all systems. People walk around talking about make America great again. Give me the date 
that America was great for everybody. Athletes found their voices, and what sport there was came with a message. We're not just going to shut up and dribble, shut up and play ball. Um, and we're going to stand for what we believe in. Some people get tired of hearing me say it, but we are scared as black people in America. Change does not happen overnight, but it's up to us to have to plant these seeds to continue to say her name. There's so much that we can do to, to change, and hopefully this discussion um, doesn't end anytime soon. Hopefully we continue to make progress. Um, obviously it's not going to happen overnight, but um, just something that we shouldn't forget about. In New York and elsewhere, the protests were co-opted by thieves, looters, and vandals. They're uh, looting a store on Wabash North. We have people across New York City throwing bricks at police officers. The violence, the looting, that is not justice. And that is not peaceful protest. These are opportunists who see the police are busy dealing with the protesters, and they say, well, here's an opportunity to loot and to steal. The mayor imposed a curfew on the nation's largest city. We will not tolerate attacks on police officers. We will not tolerate hatred being created. The curfew is there to allow the police to be able to address any situation where someone is trying to do violence to a person or property. President Trump threatened to deploy the military to quell civil unrest. I am mobilizing all available federal resources, civilian and military, to stop the rioting and looting. Protesters were forcibly dispersed with tear gas. So the president could pose in front of a vandalized church while clutching a Bible. The president um, made sure that Washington, D.C. was secure Monday night, and part of that involved moving the perimeter back to ensure that St. John's Church was protected. President Trump campaigned for re-election, vowing to restore law and order. My administration has fought for safe streets. We want security for our people. We want the rule of law. While downplaying the virus and its economic consequences. As America's economy is now roaring back to life like nobody's ever seen before. President Donald Trump created the greatest economy in American history. President Trump had survived a February Senate vote following his impeachment. And while much of America stayed in, the president hit the campaign trail hard, revving up large crowds of largely maskless supporters. I believe that we need our freedoms to do as we choose. If we want to wear a mask, it's fine, wear a mask. But if we don't want to wear a mask and cover our face, I don't believe we should we should have to. I'm not afraid of catching it here. I'm just not. Well, if there's a certain distance from me or if there's a certain distance from each other, they do. Uh, in the case of me, I'm not, I'm not close to anybody. On the Democratic side, the slate of at least two dozen contenders whittled to Joe Biden, although not at first. Our democracy hangs in the balance. Let's defeat Trump. Let's transform this country. This election is a patriotism check. It is a decency check on this president. Pete Buttigieg won the rather messy Iowa caucuses. They're not complete, but results are in from a majority of precincts. And they show our campaign in first place. A result that took a month to certify. We want Iowans to be confident in the results and in the process. And we are going to take the time that we need to make sure that we do just that. Bernie Sanders won the New Hampshire primary. This victory here is the beginning of the end for Donald Trump. And Biden left the state early. Going down to my supporters to get them moving. Betting it all on South Carolina. It starts here for real, for real. Because now we have a state that looks like America. If you send me out of South Carolina, 
with a victory, there will be no stopping us. Biden secured the nomination in June. He said his campaign was a battle for the soul of America. I believe in this moment, we must come together as a nation. Character is on the ballot. The character of the nation. The character of our people. This election is the most important one you've ever voted in, whether it's your first or tenth. Ladies and gentlemen, the heart and soul of this country is at stake. After years of bitter division and partisanship, Biden pitched himself as a calming force in an unprecedented election marked by the pandemic and economic pain. For those, for those who've been knocked down, counted out, left behind, this is your campaign. Biden opted for small events that complied with COVID-19 guidelines. I enjoy in interfacing with people. I'm not trying to avoid it, but I'm trying to set an example as to how we should proceed in terms of dealing with this health and economic crisis. President Trump preferred packed crowds. Until a positive test for COVID-19 took him off the campaign trail and put him into the hospital. I recommended we bring the president up to Walter Reed as a precautionary me measure to provide state-of-the-art monitoring and any care that he may need. The president spent four days at Walter Reed, where he was given experimental antibodies and remdesivir. We're maximizing uh, all aspects of his care, uh, attacking uh, this virus, you know, multi-pronged uh, approach. He's receiving outstanding multidisciplinary care, uh, the state of the science uh, for coronavirus infection. It's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about COVID. I learned it by really going to school. This is the real school. This isn't the let's read the book school. I want everybody to be given the same treatment as your president because I feel great. I feel like perfect. His doctor gave a confusing timeline of the president's illness. I was trying to reflect the, the, uh, the upbeat attitude that the team, the president, that his course of illness has had. Um, didn't want to give uh, any uh, any information that might uh, steer the uh, the course of illness in another direction. And it remains unclear when and how he became infected. Could have been any number of guests who have been at the White House who may be tested negative, but then later tested positive. It might have had something to do with the Rose Garden event, where the president announced his nominee to replace Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died in September. We'll remember her and others coming up when Playback 2020 continues. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Married moms in the suburbs, they've been called soccer moms, they've been called security moms. Pamela Wilk is a so-called soccer mom. Those so-called Walmart moms. She calls herself a hockey mom. I love those hockey moms. The hockey mom trying to connect with the soccer moms. In the 1990s, the idea of soccer moms as the quintessential swing voter took hold. Elections could be won or lost based on a candidate's ability to appeal to them. But were quote-unquote soccer moms actually the deciding factor? In a new series on the 538 Politics podcast, we take a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the campaign throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. From ABC News, Playback 2020, a look back at the year that was, even as many of us are eager to move on. I'm Aaron Katursky. And I'm Sherry Preston. I, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, do solemnly swear. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died September 18th at 87 of pancreatic cancer after a remarkable quarter century on the bench. As a woman, I have rights in this country that are protected in law that did not exist a full generation ago. And a lot of that had to do with what RBG did. She was an icon, a hero. Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, stood, uh, stood for all of us. She had millions of people who looked up to her. Justice Ginsburg wrote landmark opinions that advanced gender equality and rights for disabled Americans and immigrants. Days before her death, she dictated a statement to her granddaughter saying her most fervent wish was to not be replaced before a new president was installed. President Trump did not grant that wish. I have a constitutional obligation to put in nine judges, so justices. He nominated Amy Coney Barrett, a Notre Dame academic and a judge on the 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. One of our nation's most brilliant and gifted legal minds. Democrats balked at the timing. They are ramming through for a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court, President Trump's nominee. In a rushed and partisan process in the midst of an ongoing presidential election. This process is undemocratic. Our Republican colleagues are rushing to confirm Judge Barrett in a hypocritical, illegitimate process. Republicans shredded past pronouncements and the Senate voted 52 to 48 in favor of confirming Judge Barrett as an associate justice to the Supreme Court. When there's a nominee of a party that is in the same uh, in the same party as the Senate, then typically they do confirm. What this administration and this Republican Senate has done is exercise the power that was given to us by the American people. The precedent is clear for a long, long time that if the President and Senate are of the same party, the Senate, in all but extraordinary circumstances, confirms that nominee. No Democrats voted to confirm her the first time in 151 years a justice was confirmed without the support of a single member of the minority party. Today, we have cause to celebrate that Judge Amy Coney Barrett is now Justice Amy Coney Barrett. I know that you think that this will eventually blow over, but you're wrong. The American people will never forget this blatant act of bad faith. Her confirmation tipped the court to the right, possibly for years to come, and gave President Trump a victory he hoped to ride to Election Day. You know, they say the biggest thing you can do is the appointment of judges, but especially 
the appointment of Supreme Court justices. That's the single biggest thing. The race, though, remained remarkably steady. And in the end, it wasn't all that close at all. Joe Biden just unseated an incumbent president by the most significant popular vote margin for a challenger since Hoover was defeated by Roosevelt in 1932. Joe Biden won the election by more than 7 million votes and 306 electoral college votes to President Trump's 232. Biden won Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. We've rebuilt the blue wall in the middle of the country that crumbled just four years ago. And he flipped Arizona and Georgia. We turned Georgia blue. We won this election decisively. Joe Biden did win uh, Arizona. The victory made history. Kamala Harris is the first woman and first person of color to become vice president. While I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. President Trump refused to concede. This election was rigged and we can't let that happen. We can't let it happen for our country. Joe Biden's going to be sworn in as the nation's 46th president in January. We're going to get to work delivering results right away on day one. Prince Harry and Meghan relinquished their royal titles. Our hope was to continue serving the Queen, the Commonwealth and my military associations, but without public funding. Unfortunately, that wasn't possible. They made the landmark decision to step down as senior working members of the royal family and to relocate to Meghan's home state of California. As far as this goes, there really was no other option. For a time, Harvey Weinstein was Hollywood royalty. The disgraced producer was convicted this year in New York of sex charges. This is what justice looks like. Weinstein also faces criminal charges in California and is awaiting transfer. More of California burned in 2020, four million acres. When I came out, I just about felt sideways. I could not believe the magnitude of the fire and how quickly it had grown. You're just getting pummeled by ash everywhere in embers. We're in the midst of a climate emergency. Uh, we're in the midst of a climate crisis. The largest wildfire in state history, the nearly one million acre August complex fire started in Northern California with a series of lightning strikes and burned for months. The most active hurricane season on record delivered 31 storms, including a dozen that hit the U.S. mainland. The strongest hurricane of the season bore a Greek name. Hurricane Iota became a Category 5 storm and hit Nicaragua. People along nearly every mile of coastline, from Texas to Maine, were affected by at least one named storm. There were also murder hornets in 2020. Uh, we don't have anything like it in the U.S. And the impact that it could then have on our honeybees is really our primary concern here. There are voracious predators. Hopefully, we can eradicate these organisms so that they do not become established in other states. Asian giant hornets are an invasive species that prey on honeybees and other insects. The first nest was found in the U.S. in October in Washington state. At the end of every year, we stop to remember some of the more famous people who are no longer with us. Among those we lost in 2020. Our children and their children will ask us, what did you do? What did you say? A civil rights giant who made history by refusing to back down even as he was being beaten while crossing the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. The action of Rosa Parks 
The words and leadership of Martin Luther King Jr. inspired me to find a way to get in the way. And I got in trouble, good trouble, necessary trouble. John Lewis would go on to serve more than 20 years as a congressman from the state of Georgia. We have a mission and a mandate to be on the right side of history. We live in a better and nobler country today because of John Lewis and his abiding faith in the power of God, in the power of democracy, and in the power of love to lift us all to a higher ground. Actor Chadwick Boseman was known for playing black American icons like Jackie Robinson and James Brown. You will remember me. But he became beloved by a generation for his portrayal as the Black Panther. It's not just a movie. It's become its own thing. It's a movement. People are excited about the cultural aspect of it. Disney executive chairman Bob Iger called Bozeman one of the most gentle and giving souls I have ever met. Bond. James Bond. Scottish actor Sean Connery was 90 when he died this year, best known as the original James Bond. He starred in nearly 70 films throughout his career. If actors and actresses are good at what they do, and if you, the audience, are affected, moved by the stories we help to tell, then that's the real reward. Glee star Naya Rivera drowned after going on a boat trip with her young son in California. She was only 33. Jeopardy host Alex Trebek was 80 when he died of pancreatic cancer this year. According to Guinness, Alex Trebek hosted more episodes of the same game show than any other person on the planet. We are a show that comes into your home every day that doesn't disturb you. It's the kind of program you can watch with every member of your family. Everyone can play. Americans love competition, love challenges. Hugh Downs was once the host of a game show, Concentration. I'm an expert at nothing, but I do I like to do a lot of things. But he was probably best known as a news anchor at our network. Here is ABC News correspondent Hugh Downs. Carl Reiner did it all. He was an actor, a comedian, a director, and a screenwriter, making us laugh for more than seven decades. When you write anything or perform anything that's recorded, either on video and film or on record, it's very, very gratifying to know that it has longevity, it has lasting power. Jerry Stiller made us laugh. Dad, I heard you were in the city the other day. Your mother has to tell you every move I make. <laughs> so did Fred Willard. I am woman, hear me roll. Helen Reddy was an Australian, but the song she was best known for became the unofficial anthem for the women's movement in this country in the 1970s. We lost rock and roll legend Little Richard this year along with country music stars, Kenny Rogers. Not many people get to see the end of the rainbow, and I think I have. Mac Davis, Charlie Daniels. Johnny, rising up your bow and play your fiddle hard. Singer-songwriters John Prine and Billy Joe Shaver both died from complications of COVID. And this year, we said goodbye to one of the greatest rock guitarists of all time. Eddie Van Halen, who, when he played, always seemed to have a smile on his face. There were also mothers, fathers, grandpas and grandmas, brothers and sisters known only to their families. If the past year could be summed up in one word, it might be loss. The loss of jobs, of security, and mostly the loss of people from the coronavirus. There was Jim Helms from Lincolnton, North Carolina, known by everyone as Santa Jim. He was an institution at Christmas time in his small town. My daughter's yeah, almost three, and so she's had two Christmases uh, yeah, experiencing it with Santa Claus here, Santa Jim. Every time we come downtown, her first thoughts are, 
Are we going to get ice cream? And where's Santa Claus? Marie Brumbaugh was a healthcare worker in Branson, Missouri. Described as the life of any party, she loved people and she loved her patients. Her mother says she thrived on the front lines no matter what the dangers were. She was a health care worker. That was her field. She excelled at it. She loved it. It didn't matter what the dangers were. She did not do it um, for anything but for love for her field and for her patients. Renee Bird had just given birth to her first child, a boy, when she tested positive for the coronavirus at the hospital in Jacksonville, Florida. The last thing her brother told her was, you're a mommy. She would have been a great mom. <laughs> she was really excited about being a mom. Renee Bird was 32. Texas kindergartner Tegan Drone was careful to wear her mask all the time, her mother said. When she got sick, doctors told her parents she'd be fine. She was only five. She loved riding her hoverboard. <laughs> she loved to spell. Spell. She was <laughs> learning to read. She was very intelligent. She loved to learn. Loved to learn. Tremont Thomas was just months away from being released from prison when he developed COVID. He wrote his sister right before his death, saying that he was afraid. It's just really hurtful because this is, we had plans, and he was so full of life and excitement about coming home. There was Mary J. Wilson, the first African-American senior zookeeper at what is now the Maryland Zoo in Baltimore. Elizabeth Yamada, who met her husband in a Japanese internment camp. Steve Hahn, who sold secondhand books on a sidewalk near Columbia University in New York City. Officer Charles Roberts loved throughout his hometown, Glen Ridge, New Jersey. And Troy Sneed, Grammy Award-nominated gospel singer from Jacksonville, Florida. Here he is singing Kept by His Grace, a song he recorded three years ago. Time Magazine called 2020 the worst year ever. Maybe, maybe not, but this year certainly has tested us like few years have. Lives all over the globe have been upended. Some of us have been stuck at home, isolated and helpless. Others have masked up every day and gone to work out of economic necessity. Too many celebrations virtually, too many loved ones we've been unable to see in person. We have reached out to clap for our healthcare worker heroes, to check on neighbors, and to thank those who've been delivering our groceries, stocking our store shelves, cleaning our children's school desks and our offices. Maybe we slowed down, baked bread, played games, and listened to our kids. There is some reason to hope as the calendar flips to the new year, vaccines have been invented and produced, what Dr. Fauci has called the light at the end of the tunnel. And so we bid goodbye to 2020. Knowing what it brought will linger, but amid the pain of today, we look ahead to the distant sparkle of tomorrow. Happy New Year. I'm Aaron Katursky. And I'm Sherry Preston. You've been listening to Playback 2020 from ABC News. Married moms in the suburbs. They've been called soccer moms. They've been called security moms. Pamela Wilk is a so-called soccer mom. Those so-called Walmart moms. She calls herself a hockey mom. I love those hockey moms. The hockey mom trying to connect with the soccer moms. In the 1990s, the idea of soccer moms as the quintessential swing voter took hold. Elections could be won or lost based on a candidate's ability to appeal to them. But were quote-unquote soccer moms actually the deciding factor? In a new series on the 538 Politics podcast, we take a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? 
Find the Campaign Throwback Series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.